Good evening. Did anybody else take a nap today besides Cecil? Some of you did. Man, that must be the spiritual thing to do on Sundays. Uh, I guess y'all went and ate a good lunch and then went and had a nap. I, Lacey took a nap. Both the kids took a nap. And, and just to be honest with you, I, I don't take naps during, on Sundays at least. And, but I find that a good, a good time just to have to myself. Is I don't know if you call that selfish or what, but... But when it's quiet in the house and, and you have a, a to toddler and a little child, you take advantage of that time, don't you? Some of you parents would tend to agree with me, wouldn't you? We'll be in, in uh, St. John's Gospel, chapter number 6 tonight. John chapter number 6. This, this is probably a very familiar passage. And I've, I've heard this told ever since I was little bitty and as, as long as I can remember. My first Sunday school teacher that I ever remember was my Aunt Thelma and that's my dad's brother's wife and uh, she was a school teacher and any and anytime you mention Aunt Thelma's name uh, that somebody had her in school they would look at you like they were going to hit you. I mean they, she was just very unpopular but she was a good Sunday school teacher and she taught me this story with a flannel graph. Everybody knows what a flannel graph is, don't you? Do we have some of them still floating around here somewhere? Probably. <laughs> but John chapter number 6, if you'll stand to honor the reading of God's Word. John chapter 6, verse 1, and we're going to read down through verse 13. The Bible says, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes, he saw the great company coming to him, and he saith unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? And he said this to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answering him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now, were, now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them. That had eaten. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for your many blessings. God, I thank you for the folks that are here tonight. God, I just pray that you would bless them for their effort. Lord, I just pray that you would, Lord, use me as your vessel tonight. God, help me to, to expound upon your word. God, I just pray that it would go out and people would understand it better than when they arrived. God, I just pray that you would touch this church and all that's done. God, use us as your vessels. Lord, we yield ourselves to you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Looking back, I noticed tonight that we have a new video man. Brother Jim is back there on the video. I appreciate that, brother. You're doing a real good job tonight. I just want you to know that. 
I looked up there during the singing. I thought, what in the world's Jim doing back there? Is this a trap or something? But, but no, it's not. <laughs> but John chapter number 6, we all know the story. At least I hope you do. And, and as I read through it, no doubt you, you thought about things like I did from when you were a kid. And we always focus on the miracle. But one of the things that we didn't talk about a whole lot was the fact that Jesus did perform a miracle. But was, it was in order to minister to people. See, Jesus, we, have, we know that Jesus lived on this earth approximately 33 years, a little over that. And we don't know much about Jesus' life. We know about his birth. We hear that maybe until he's a couple of years old. And we hear from him once when he's 12. But we hear mostly from Jesus when he went about and he was ministering to people. He was reaching out and he was doing things for people and helping people. And the, this multitude that was following him, they were following Jesus for one reason, and that was to see some great miracle or to perhaps have a miracle done to them. And so they were, they were sort of following Jesus, if you will, for, for what you would call selfish reasons. But yet Jesus looked up and he had compassion on these people. Now he's with his disciples, and I won't have you turn there, but if you go to Mark chapter 9, Jesus, you'll find the same, the same account just from Mark's perspective. And one of the disciples looks at Jesus and he says, Jesus, why don't you send these people away? You can go to Mark and you can find that, that Jesus looked at him and he said, no, he said, I'm not going to send them away, but I'm kind of paraphrasing, but he said, I'm about to do something for him. And you find in John's gospel that he asked Philip a question. In verse number 5, he says, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now, I'm sure that Philip was sitting there, and, and he had maybe learned some things from Jesus that day, and he was looking over this multitude, and Jesus asked him this question, and no doubt it took him by surprise. Now, it said that Jesus asked him this question that he may prove him or that he may test him. He was just kind of wanting to see what Philip would say, and Philip said that there's no way that we can do this. It says, for Jesus himself, if you notice in verse 6, knew what he would do. Jesus knew what was about to take place. He knew what was about to transpire. And so he asked his disciples. So if I want to give you just a really simple little message tonight. This is nothing complicated, nothing real deeply theological. But I want you to understand that just as Jesus ministered to people, God has called us to minister to people. Can you say Amen. Hey, we're, we're ministers, that's what we are as Christians, that word means Christ-like, they were first called Christians in Acts, and, and that just simply means to be Christ-like, so we're to minister to people, so if there's, if there's somebody I guess that I would want to model my ministry after, it would be after Jesus himself, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys that have had good ministries. You think of people like Billy Graham and Billy Sunday and, and some other great, great preachers that have seen, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands, hundreds of thousands of people saved. But at the end of the day, if you really want to minister to people, why don't we try to minister like Jesus? In fact, why don't we turn our ministry over to Jesus? And so just a few things that I want to pull out, and I won't keep you too long tonight, about this miracle but yet this ministry to the 5,000 people. The first thing that I want you to notice is in verse number 9, you see that, that in, or let's start with verse 8, it says, One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him. Now no doubt he had overheard Jesus ask Philip the question. 
And so maybe, I don't know what Andrew's motive was here, but, but Andrew might have started looking around and saying, well, where can we get some bread for these people? What can we do? And maybe he spots that young man. He spots that boy. And it says here in verse 9, he says, there is a lad here. Now this word lad probably means in the Jewish perspective that he's not had his bar mitzvah. Has everybody heard of a bar mitzvah? So these are things that they did back then. And so this boy was probably maybe 9, 10, 11 years old. He hadn't quite reached the age where he was considered a teenager and definitely not considered a man. So this is just a young boy and he's out there. And, and, and I don't know, maybe he was following Jesus around too. But it says that he had five loaves and it says he had two fishes. And then it says he has five barley loaves and two fishes. And then you go on and Jesus says, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in that place so that the men sat down in number about 5,000. Now I've always heard it put this way and I'll put it this way tonight. That if there were 5,000 men there, then there were probably at least double if not triple that amount of people. Can you agree with that? That if there were 5,000 men, that their wives might have been with them. And back then, they, used, they usually had a whole mess of kids. So there could have been maybe ten or 15,000 people. But the point being, and the point I want to draw out from that, is something that, that, that you don't see just right on the surface. But this young man, this lad, this boy did not count. Do you understand that? Jesus said that to make the men sit down. So the men sat down, and it said that there were 5,000 people but this boy and this lad was not numbered among them. Now why do I tell you that? And what's the spiritual application here? Is that this boy, in the whole picture, in the whole, in the whole picture of things, he was very insignificant. He was just a kid that was minding his own business when one of Jesus' disciples said, Hey, come here and let me see what you got in your lunch bag there. And he looked and he had five loaves and two fishes. So he used somebody, Jesus used somebody that day that didn't really count for much. But Jesus is willing, do you understand, to use people that don't count for much. Can you say amen? He's an insignificant boy that wasn't doing much. It doesn't say that this boy was doing a great thing. He was just going about his daily business. He was just walking around. I don't know what exactly his, his business there was, but it probably wasn't that great. But Jesus still used him to do a great and mighty thing. Jesus pulled him over there and it says, well, what do you have? And so that's the first thing is that Jesus used someone that didn't count for much. But then it says in verse, uh, you continue on it in verse number 9, and it says that he only had five barley loaves and two fishes. Now obviously, by human standards, that's not enough, is it? You have 10,000, 15,000 people sitting there and the disciples probably no doubt looked at Jesus and Jesus said, Jesus, where are you going with this? Jesus, what are you doing? Five barley loaves and two fishes? Well, that's not enough to feed the 12 of us plus you. What, what, what are we doing here? So not only did Jesus use somebody that didn't count, but Jesus also used something that wasn't enough. Jesus can take something that's not enough. Jesus can take just a, a small amount of something and Jesus can use that. But... On the flip side of that, if you look down, Jesus couldn't use anything until it was given to him. So it says in verse number 11, read on down. This is just an expository way to go through this. And it says, and Jesus took the loaves. Those loaves wouldn't have done a bit of good if that young boy would have kept them. Those loaves wouldn't have done a bit of good if the disciples that were sitting there, I'm talking about Jesus, closest group of people 
It wouldn't have done a bit of good if the disciples had sat there and tried to do anything. It took Jesus himself. But it took that young boy bringing all that he had and giving it to Jesus and giving it freely and volunteering it so that something great could be done. We all have something to give Jesus, don't we? It may not be the greatest thing. It may not be the best thing. But everybody in this building has something that you can offer to the Lord. It may not be much of that five loaves and two fishes among 15,000 people. didn't look like anything at all. But when Jesus got a hold of it, when it was freely given and surrendered to Jesus, there was a great to-do made of it. And so you go on into the next step, and you go into the and later on in verse number 11, and it says, "And Jesus took the loaves, and then he did something. What did he do? It says, "He gave thanks." He gave thanks. Mark's gospel, if you want to flip over there and read it, you can, but just take my word for it for time's sake. It says that he blessed it. That Jesus took what was given to him and he blessed it. He gave thanks. Now Jesus was, is, not was, he is the Son of God. You agree with that statement, right? That he is literally God in the flesh. And that he had the power without blessing it, without giving thanks to God, to just start multiplying that bread. But see, you've got to understand that, that if you really, I believe, want God to bless something, if you really want God to do something, what do you have to season it with? Prayer, right? You bless it. You thank God for what he is about to do. See, Jesus knew the whole time that he was about to do something great, that God was about to do something great in that situation. Those people had absolutely no idea what was coming to them. You can imagine that 5,000 men sitting there by themselves, it would be a logistical nightmare to try to feed them. But Jesus did it. Now here's a little side note just in case you want to know that, that when Jesus ministered to them, you may not notice this, that he asked them to sit down. You notice that? And you go to Mark's gospel, chapter number 9, and, and you find that Jesus told them to sit down by 50s. Now here's a little tidbit for you. Jesus, and I believe that God honors when we do things in, in, in good order. Do you agree with that? Jesus sat them down and he said, hey, we're going we're gonna to do something. He said, but we're gonna be some, there's going to be some order to it. It's, you know, we don't always have to be chaotic. We can have some order and God will still bless it. Amen? And so we found out that he took somebody that didn't count. He took something that wasn't enough and he added his blessing to it because somebody freely surrendered and he did a great thing. He ministered to 5,000 people plus women and children. But then you go on and we all know the rest of the story as Paul Harvey would say. He says in verse 11, I'll just read the rest of it. And he distributed it to the disciples and they distributed it to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. So that means there that, that they ate as much as they possibly could. Now that makes me think of my buddy Matthew. I don't know, I don't know why he just popped in my head, but anybody ever been to Twin Lakes Catfish? Down there in Baxter, three of you have. Some of you need to get out and eat. It's good stuff. But he went down there and ordered the all-you-can-eat and ate 11 pieces of catfish one time. And I thought, man, I wonder if anybody did that that day, that, that as much as the fish as they could eat, it just kept going by them, and they just kept eating. I don't know how God did that, but I know he did, because I believe my Bible. Amen? But, the, but there was so much going around, and it said that there were fragments left over. And so it goes on to say in verse number 12, it says, And when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing 
be lost. Now, we found out in, in Jesus' ministry, number one, we found out a lot of things, but we, he, he likes things organized, but he also doesn't like waste, does he? They could have just took that fish and that bread and, and threw it down on the ground and said, I oh, will just leave it there, the birds will get it. But Jesus said, no, take it up and put it in the baskets. Why? Maybe, th this is just a supposition here, I'm not really sure, but maybe Jesus wanted them to carry it down and minister, minister to more people. You think that could be it? Or maybe Jesus said, hey, take a basket home to your family or, or take a basket and show them what that I have done. But in all of this, God gets the glory. It wasn't the disciples. It wasn't that young man. We just, we just hear just for a minute from him that there was a lad and he gave what he had and, and, and God truly blessed it with a willing heart. See, the disciples in Mark chapter 9 said, just send them home. Let them go fend for themselves. Uh, they can handle it, but we don't have the resources. We don't have the, we don't have the time to deal with these people, Jesus. There's just a, it's just a logistical nightmare. And Jesus said, no, because Jesus knew what he was about to do. And he used that little boy and he used that bread and those fishes. And here we are 2,000 years later talking about how that Jesus can multiply so much from so little with faith. See, they had the faith. That little boy had the faith to turn it over to Jesus. I don't think they had to snatch it from him or trick him into taking it. I'd say, here, Jesus, do with, do with it what you can. It's not much, but here it is. But he offered it. And when Jesus took a hold of it and the prayer was given, God greatly multiplied it. See, that's how we can minister to people is we give it what we have to God. We don't have a whole lot to offer. We're just, we're just feeble little human beings. But everything that we have, we should be willing to give it to God at a moment's notice. See, that boy didn't know that for sure that if he gave his lunch up that the disciples just weren't going to take it and eat it themselves and he was going to go home hungry he just had to trust God he just had to trust Jesus he just had to turn it over and say okay Jesus I trust you here it is there's a song and maybe Cecil can sing it it's called I Can Trust Jesus anybody ever heard that song I Can Trust Jesus everything in your life whether it be ministry or whether it be whatever's going on in your life you can trust him you can turn it over to him you can give it to him and I guarantee that if Jesus gets a hold of it it will be blessed it may not be how you think it should be but if, if Jesus puts his hand on it he will bless it in the right way so everybody stand Cecil why don't you come sing that song brother I can trust Jesus that little boy he did that that day you just have to step out on faith you may not count for much. You may not be some, some great person, some great mighty warrior, but, but Jesus can take just a little person with a little bit of, of stuff to give him and, and multiply it greatly. It's not in the hymnal. Well, sing us a song anyways, brother. <laughs> How about trust and obey? Is that one in there? When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He shares. 